So I will tell you the whole story. So you grew up around mountains in Lima, right? Mm-hmm. So have you ever done any climbing or seen anybody rock climbing? Yeah. So imagine, imagine like a 200 foot vertical rock face. Okay. Okay. And you have this these, is real rocks. This not is the f- real okay, rocks. Real rocks. Uh, like outside in the mountains. <laughs> okay. And imagine you have an anchor every say 40 feet. So okay. if it, if an anchor pulls loose, you fall about 40 feet and you swing into the rock face. So imagine somebody kind of at the top of this 250 foot rock face and the anchor comes loose and they swing down and slam into the mountain and you're hanging there. You can't move. You can't breathe. You can't do anything. You have to have a helicopter come and pull you out. Imagine that and you will have an idea of what absolutely did not happen to me. Oh, I was like, like, Jesus, it was a helicopter? That is the total opposite of what happened to me. Now, instead of that, imagine a 32-year-old man walking through a gym. And, oh, no. <laughs> and there's a type of climbing called bouldering, and it's so low, it's only about 15 feet. So you don't even use ropes or harnesses. There's just a mat on the ground. My kids do that. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. So imagine what your children do, okay, safely and, and just fine. They probably even do well at it. Then imagine me getting on to the first move. So I'm literally about 12 inches above the ground. Like it's a, it's like a, it's ruler. a step. Yeah. yeah, it's like a ruler. And the first move, it's like if you have to put your hands on a table or a countertop, like you're going to push yourself up. But imagine you have to then lift your left foot and put it between your arms. So I'm about a foot off the ground. I lift my knee to my chest to go put my foot up there. And I hear like a tearing and then like a crack, crack, like you're snapping styrofoam. And then I immediately fall down and people around are confused like what what (laughs) it's so embarrassing this is the worst there was like this poor 21 year old girl working there came over she's like are you guys okay my buddy's like uh i don't know you want like an ambulance i'm like i fucking definitely need an ambulance i can't move i can't drive i can't breathe he's like well guess we gotta call him an ambulance she's like how did he get hurt did he fall he's like uh yeah i'm like no i actually didn't fall at all, I broke it. While I just I, I lifted there, my leg up, and I guess I'm just pathetic, and like <laughs> that that was that. It wasn't even really. I mean, I may as well not have been climbing. I may as well just been like walking. moving, or walking, like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's like children playing around me as yeah, I'm just yeah, sitting there. Yeah, I can there. imagine that well because my kids love it. They go yeah. up it and they feel really good and excited because they can do it without a harness. They should. <laughs> they should. <laughs> Tell them this guy you work with, who is a very experienced climber. Uh, I will. I will. Could not do, do that, that and, and is incapacitated now for like four weeks. Oh, no. I know. So that's that story. But here we are, ready to record. You're listening to What Brings You In, a weekly series featuring psychology talk with therapists Ryan and Carrie. Have something to say? Want your question answered? Visit ryananswers.com slash podcast to get in touch. Let's jump right into um, love. The whole love is blind thing. Yeah, right? that's so true. we're still talking about Netflix. Love is blind. So I want to start though. Love at first sight. Real? I don't believe not in real. It. You don't believe in it. Not so, real. So Carrie says not real. <laughs> I say debatable because think about this. Let's say that somebody comes to your house and they say you won the lottery. Okay, and you are convinced you won the lottery. It's official. There's a big check. There's camera crews. You feel excitement. Mm-hmm. You feel joy. Mm-hmm. You are thinking about all the things you're going to do. You haven't really won the lottery, but you think that you have. Mm-hmm. Is it is it a real? Have you actually felt those feelings? Are those feelings real or not? 
Yeah, but I would say those are feelings of excitement, of overjoy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think there can be a very intense attraction and saying attraction in the biggest of terms. So, like, physical personality, the way they dance, the way they move, the way they talk to their friends, whatever. Um, We can be drawn to them, but I don't think you love them. So, here's my argument. Okay. My argument is that these people on this show... We're exchanging I love you's from what I understand in like three days. Oh, yeah. And without ever having met the person. Just talking. So if you're tuning in and you've never seen the show. Please watch it. Please watch it. <laughs> There's a wall between these, these people and they date and they can hear each other, but they mm-hmm. can't see each other and they're not allowed to say what they look like or anything like that. They can't even discuss race or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And they're going back and forth. And within about three days, they're going, I love you. I love you they're so proposing. much. They propose. I want yeah. you to marry me. Yeah. So my thought is this. When they say, I'm so in love with you, I feel all these things, I believe that the feeling is real. But I would argue that the feeling is a result of something that is not real. So the feeling is real, but the cause of the feeling is not. So with the lottery example, you really feel the excitement, mm-hmm. but it's because of something that is not actually in reality so when these people are so excited you cannot know somebody in that short a time you just can't it's not possible okay so before i would jump to that conclusion i'd have to really see how long they spoke of for because mm-hmm. in the show you see like snippets of the conversation sure. so my hopeful brain tells me carrie maybe they were talking for like hours and you just tuned in to like 10 minutes of the conversation mm-hmm. so if they're talking for a really long time down three days about very intimate, vulnerable experiences in their lives. Mm-hmm. I think the emotional connection, I don't know if I would call it love, but at least um, trust is there. I think that it's it's a data point. Okay, you have this data point. And maybe they're big data points because they're talking a lot mm-hmm. and very intimately. But I think ultimately they're still taking these data points and then they're extrapolating so much other information. Like because... Jessica loves the Cubs, and I love the Cubs. That means we are very similar in all these other the ways, too. We're the same people. It's meant to be. It's fate. Like I, And you make really great Italian beef, apparently. Yeah. Like So these little data points, and then people infer all these other things. So if you are very lucky, all your those things... Your inferences are correct. Yeah, your inferences are correct, and how you imagine this person matches up with how that person actually is. But in the first place those feelings are a result of what you imagine that person to be based on all these inferences mm-hmm. which may or may not be correct that's mm-hmm. that's my position so i think that they can be very infatuated i think that they can feel love as in the emotion they experience it but i think love is only real when the emotion is experienced as a result of you've gone through many months many years you've had opportunities for this person to prove that they are this or that they are that reliable or they yeah. are loyal or they are there for engaged you. Engaged with you. They like are, engaged. Yeah, they, engaged. they connect with you and they mm-hmm. are honest. Like all these different things. Yeah. I think the time factor is definitely something that I, that I weighs in your favor, like in the favor of your argument. Because they're supposed yeah. to meet each other, get engaged before day 10, then they go to Cancun, then right. they live together for a week or two weeks and then they get married. So within a month and a half... You've met them, got engaged to them, and married them. So in a month and a half, I don't believe you can know a person, no matter how deep your conversation. So I think the whole scenario of this show of meeting someone, falling in love with them, getting engaged to them, getting married within a month is, is pulling it out of reality. I think in a month you can't. You can't. 
Yeah, I think it's I really tough. I think that especially when you look at like meeting family and stuff like that yeah. too. And like when you are single for a long time, you develop your own ways of doing things. And then when you get together, there's a phase, in my opinion, of the first, say, year to three years where like you have to come up with a, a shared play, playbook. There's, yeah. there's that. I want to oh. talk about that too. But what I'm talking about is you have your playbook. Like when I am upset, I do this. Mm. When I... I want to blow off steam. I do that. When yeah, you I, have like, to accommodate. You, you have to you include have to have some, yeah. All these maps and strategies that you've used and you have your own playbook. And the other person has theirs. And very often, those are in Different opposition. Playbooks. So you then have to combine and create a shared playbook. And so a situation comes up and you figure out how you navigate it together and over time you build and you encounter many different situations and over time your playbook grows and your depth of connection grows and mm, your trust grows your commitment yeah, so grows. so in a month i mean it's that's tight it's tight. like and i also don't understand i understand the premise of them wanting to prove that love is blind in the sense that you can have these honest feelings about a person without yeah. ever seeing them but i also think that's not reality right so i do think race and culture and are huge things and it's, it doesn't yeah. make us shallow to say Not I want to know what you Not look like all. I don't I don't think that makes you a bad person if you were to say and I see them struggling in the show when they say I'm not that attracted to him, I think or he's because not that's the guy on them, I look, yeah, and they feel they feel bad for saying that. Yeah, and I think that's and only because of of the way the show is framed. That you know, is love blind? Can you prove that as, love is blind? Yes, it's more pure <laughs> or something. I like I don't loving somebody who is hot doesn't make your love like less valuable. Of course not. I mean, there's the whole well, do you just care for them because they're an attractive, or is it person? just lust? Is it just, or just lust? What someone that's like say. a fair question, but again, I think like what the show demonstrates in the first part is you can fall for somebody and their personality and not find them attractive or find them attractive but those things are independent of your connection so this yeah. goes back to what we were talking about this whole love thing to me uh, there is just love there's not different types of love like some people may have heard of you know romantic love or love for your family to me I can't distinguish between those things aside from you feel attraction to your spouse and not to your family and there are you know a different maybe commitment level or vulnerability mm. level or disclosure level to your spouse and to your family like if we think of what love means to me is you'll be there for somebody you will support them you care about their well-being you're considerate of them like I feel all of that towards my family, to my brothers, to my to my wife. But for my wife, I feel passion and other things. Hmm. And I think that's rooted in attraction, not just physical, but in general. But just attraction in general, to emotional, like the mental. person they are. Yeah. yeah, and so when I think there's different combinations of those three things: passion, commitment, and intimacy. Yeah, you were really, talking about. Yeah, there's the, the the Sternberg's triangle theory of love, and he says that these these three things make different types of love by the combination of those three things. So if you just have passion but you don't have commitment and you don't have intimacy, that's one. It's like infatuation, infatuation. or something, right? It's like a and then the, the one that has the three of them is consummate love. You have passion, you have intimacy, and you have commitment. Right. But you can have intimacy, and when he says intimacy, it's more like intimate knowledge of the person. So you can have like vulnerability. You can have intimate knowledge of the person, and you can have commitment, right? And that's like empty love. So there's a lot of couples that know each other they're good friends but they don't have any fa- passion like for platonic relationship like a roommate yeah. kind of where and a friendship is just intimacy right so I can tell my friend everything but I'm not passionate about my friend mm. and I'm not committed I don't have to be there when he's sick if I don't want to I can be if I choose to but there's not a commitment to be there so all of this said we look at these couples in this show and we try to figure out which one will survive which will make it <laughs> 
Okay, so let's take a look at one of the arguments. So this argument we're about to show, I believe is real. Some people say, mm. is this scripted? Is it not? So I'm saying that based off of you know a decade of watching couples fight, this is a very consistent with the, with the patterns we see. And as we're, we're gonna go through it, Carrie and I are gonna pause it. We're gonna give feedback on how it can be done differently. What are you thinking? Thinking that I don't understand. It's nice, it's, it's an escape from the everyday, you know? And being out on the water, something here with you is just an escape. What do you need to escape from? Work and drama, everything else. It's just with you, it's peaceful. What do you mean drama? So here's where the argument starts, in my opinion. Me too. Me too. She's upset. She's already upset. She's So in our first episode, we talk about attachment conflict, the idea that there's a spectrum, there's two sides. One side is avoidant. Mm-hmm. They want to escape from things as a coping mechanism. The other is preoccupied. When they feel something Anxious, is off, nervous. they zone in on it and they cannot relax until their concern is addressed. Yeah. So here... He's just describing probably how he copes. Like, I like being away from my life. It's a nice escape. She interprets that as... The word escape triggers her. Yeah, you can see it. She's like, well, wait a minute. Escape is like danger or pressure Hmm. or something. What's going on? She's probably thinking, uh, my guess, what is he getting away from? What's going on in his life? What's wrong with his life? What's wrong with his life? What's happening? She's engaged. She's marrying this man. She's marrying this man and she knows nothing about him in his home life, essentially. And so she's going, oh my God, what's going on here? What do you mean escape? And so let's get In her tone, right? Like yeah. if you if you hear her before this question and then after this, her tone changed. And you see her, her face too yeah. is like, she's yeah. like, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's when they life, you know. You always get a little mix of social drama and everything always. Going. I mean, I don't know anything about you outside of here. So I'm liking me. Again. So here we go again. A little more intense. Drama. So she asks, she hears drama and she's now had her fears kind of bumped Confirmed. up a level. Yeah. She's like, oh. But I also want to say like, she's also at fault by the way she's. Yes, yeah, she is. Right. If her tone had been different, be like, hey, you know, I'm thinking when you say the words escape and drama, it's kind of freaking me out. Is there mm-hmm. something that's going wrong at home? Like a neutral curiosity approach. She's not. She's already defensive. Like when we talked about in the first episode, you said, I think your quote was something like, when people who are preoccupied are anxious, they open their mouth, but it's not their insecurity. It's mean. It's meanness that comes out. So you can see she's kind of like jabbing him a little here. And he's he's already shutting down though. You can hear him. He's like, well, you know, just drama. Being with you. Right. Being with you. He's kind of vague. You will be enlightened. When we get back to reality. All right. Well, I don't want to wait. I'm impatient. So the preoccupied nature that we talk about—that's a yeah. good example of preoccupation. I, can't wait. I cannot wait. I cannot deescalate until my concern is addressed. Yeah. Whereas he's the opposite, right? He like like many other avoidant people with a preoccupied partner. Let's just not worry about it. Like, why are you getting all worked up over nothing? I didn't mean anything. I think by he's actually going to say that right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's. I didn't want to hear him exactly say. I'm one of those people that sort of like to live in the moment. I like to enjoy. When I'm on vacation, I like to stay in vacation, you know? And when we got to get back to the real world, we get back to the real world. I mean, I agree. I don't want to leave here, but eventually we're going to have to, so I don't know. But we don't have to. I feel like you're being really vague. So I want to just focus on the present. Yeah. He wants to just focus on the present. And she's saying, you can see her, her wheels turning here, and she's going, well, what am I... 
what am I going into? Why won't he answer me? Why is he? So he's being a Does little. Does he not trust me? Will he not tell me what's little, going on in his a life? A little dismissive here. He's saying, you know, don't worry about it. Just, you know, mm-hmm. regular stuff. Just a mix of, you know, social drama. No examples, though. He's just kind of alluding to. Work, which is some a huge, like, general. General yeah. thing that he's getting away from, which is only. And that she's not getting the answer she wants. Every time she asks and doesn't receive the reassurance she's But she she's also after. doesn't ask what she wants, right? So she says, no. what drama? What do you mean escape? Instead of saying, is there something at home that is kind of scaring you? This is what we talked about too. And we said that the the conversation lives on the surface and then Mm -hmm. it escalates. Mm -hmm. So she's throwing something back to him and he throws it back to her. And each time it's going a little faster and a little more intense back and forth. But no one's getting to the root of the problem. He's in pain for something that's going on at home and she's really worried about him or worried about her in this life. So if if they're in session right now, what I would be doing is, I'm sure we'd be doing the same thing, is having Giannina phrase her complaint in a more neutral way, right? Hmm. Saying, look, I'm, I'm not trying, she would use soft startup by saying something like, look, I'm not trying to like antagonize you or, or pressure you. Yeah. I don't want you to feel like I'm, you know, the FBI here. But when you say that, it makes me feel like there is something I should be worried about. Yeah. And that makes it difficult for me to relax and enjoy yeah. the moment that we're in. And then he would be being specific and offering reassurance, saying something like, well, I'm sorry, maybe I phrased that the wrong way. There's not really anything specific I'm escaping, from. I'm escaping from I just that's kind of how I it feels enjoy to me you right I'm, now. I'm just in the moment I'm, I'm sorry if that bothered you but you have nothing yeah. to worry about I would also help her try to get from anger to scared right so she is scared right. probably we, we don't know we're not talking right. we haven't talked but to Janina to, to me I read that as well I, I worried about like I see scared. Kind of, you can almost yeah feel I see the you're nervous about it anger. yeah I said I love being out here, away from everything, and then you like dug way too deep into it. What do you mean? I'm just asking questions. And, and I answered. I said I was just enjoying living in the moment, being out here. I feel like you're just evading the question. Now he's getting defensive, though. Mm-hmm. Now he's saying, "Well, I just said I love this being is your with fault. you, right. you're, and you're, you're making an def- issue. You're being, uh, you're escalating for no reason." But that's not what he said. He didn't say I love being with you. He said I want to escape, and that's what she's focusing on. So he's actually shifting the argument here to something that was secondary. She's, because if you, if you would have said, I love being here with you. This period, wouldn't have happened. This wouldn't have happened. 100%. Back in the pod, we were really open to being vulnerable because nothing else mattered. It was just me and Damien. And I never felt him closed off. But now, it's not the same. I can't make him open up. So this is a major trigger. Again, we talk about this. Yeah. And this whole thing is such a perfect example that this could be a like a textbook thing in our first episode of attachment conflict. Yeah. So she just talked about one of the main triggers of preoccupied people, and that's feeling your partner close off Shut or off. not be emotionally available to you. When that happens, they start going, what's going on? Why is this happening? You know, they, I, I also hear a lot when people, when, when anxious, when the anxious partner starts questioning, there's a back dialogue in their head of, Fearing that the person doesn't trust them, that this person doesn't care about them, that this yeah. person doesn't want to let them in, and that's painful because yeah. it's a form of rejection. They escalate themselves very often. Yeah. What are you escaping from? Reality. Okay, why? Because I'm here and I'm enjoying this. When you go on vacation, it's to escape your everyday routine. Okay, well, you're not understanding what I'm trying to tell you, so. Well, you're not saying it. Yes, I am. Let's say it. I am telling you, you're just not listening to me. So I said, I'm enjoying being here with you and enjoying the moment. And you started going down this whole road of well, overthinking everything. Whole road. Everything. I'm not overthinking. I'm just asking you a question. And if that and means answered, that I'm overthinking. I've answered every question. Okay. okay. So what did I not answer? Nothing. Nothing. So now she's shutting down, right? Yeah. So I just want to pause to touch on that. So 
within arguments, what can happen is there's many ways they can end. Sometimes the avoidant people gets overwhelmed and mm-hmm. the avoidant person rather gets overwhelmed and they will shout or use anger to back their partner off, make them stop. And other times the more preoccupied person gets burnt out. Their storm runs out of energy and they shut down. So this can happen within an argument. It can also happen within the context the of a relationship yeah. where eventually if a preoccupied person say, meet my needs, I'm, I'm not happy. And they're constantly getting, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Things are fine. If you're unhappy, you go to therapy. If that keeps happening enough, They'll give up. they give up. And I would say maybe 20, 30% of the calls we get are from uh, a very panicked husband because now the roles have switched hmm. and the husband's going I didn't think she was serious I did, she said she doesn't love me anymore like she loves me she's not in love with me and yeah, she's talking going, about divorce she's talking about divorce I need to fix it but the other yeah. person's already tapped out so it becomes very difficult so if this is happening if you see this and you're watching this or listening to this podcast and you see this pattern happening in your relationship do not wait go no. get help I think and if any of the people that are hearing us if are thinking or if I've heard that their partner is thinking about going to therapy just, just pay go, attention just just right. go be alert just, go. just honestly just go because no therapy. one wants to go to therapy because they're happy they generally yeah. want to go to therapy because they're in pain and they need something to happened. be helped and yeah. if you go to a session it's not for you cool you tried it you, you went, try another one you yeah. something Damien knows everything about me I communicate that's how I build a healthy relationship oh my god <sighs> if he doesn't want to talk about it then I'm done I'm done. So, two things. One, Giannina is very certain that she is a good communicator. Yes, she is. She's saying, I I communicate. communicate. I build healthy relationships. If you're not engaging with me the way I expect you to... The problem is you. You are the problem. You're not. So, this is... People often are very certain. They come in thinking, well, I'm right, I think, but maybe I'm wrong. And so, we want to come in. We want you, the therapist, to say, Mm -hmm. you are wrong or you are wrong. We have to explain to them, well, it's, it's... Although I can I can actually think of zero examples yeah. of one party being at fault where one person would be wrong. No, because they play off each other, right? So it, it is the, exactly the more that. she escalates, the more evasive he gets. If she were to de-escalate and ask the question from a stance of fear or a stance of curiosity, he'd probably be more inclined mm-hmm. to engage. Right. And even if she was doing a poor job and if he was if Damien was somebody who had, you know, maybe gone through couples therapy mm-hmm. and, and knew like, hey, Sounds like you're getting really concerned. I'm not really sure what I'm doing that's causing you to react yeah. this way. And if you, it's, it's if you were to engage me. a little, right? Yeah, and, and saying this is what's going on and, and offering her reassurance or helping her out. It or, only or even saying, you know, something is happening at home, but I really don't want to talk about it right now yes, because yeah. this is a perfect moment with you. She would have been fine. Yeah, I agree. It would have been a totally different thing. Yeah. So that's a, a really good example, a kind of a tangible example of exactly how couples therapy would help. Because mm-hmm. people often ask that, and it's difficult to describe at times, but when you have like a real argument to go through. So here's the question. Do they make it? I don't think so. You don't think so? Ryan is dead said I, that they were going to make it. I they're going to make it. I don't think they're going to make it. Maybe they'll get married. Yeah. But I don't, I don't okay. think they're going to make so, it in the so long run. make it here what I'm asking, will they get married? Will they Do say they yes to... Do they follow through to, with the ceremony? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, okay. That I'm 50-50. That I'm 50-50. Oh, okay. I'm 50-50. Wow, hard sell, Carrie. I'm, I'm not <sighs> convinced. I think she's in it. Yeah. And she's decided... Yeah, he's gun shy. I'm, I think so, too. I think she is too much for him to handle. I don't think he can like commit to that level of emotional intensity because if you see the show yeah. she gets intense not she only does. here she gets intense like, motherfucker stop, yeah, stop listening to me yeah. for a second right just, yeah 
So the, the reason why I think they will make it is because when they do meet after the this boat incident, uh, he gets vulnerable. Yeah, they sit, does. they talk about it, they do what's called repair. They mm-hmm. revisit the situation. They do it again later on in the show, they, too. They do. They so they have repair skills. And in my experience, there are couples who have a lot of turbulence. So the, the phrase you mentioned in our mm. first episode, when we're good, we're good. Great. When we're bad, it's intolerable. That would be an this example. This couple? Yes. They would be very high when they're high and very low when they're low. But if they have repair skills, that keeps them going. So they go through this high, they feel great, they have this big fight, and then they meet after and repair. Then they stay. You think maybe if they were a normal, I'm gonna say normal couple, as in if they met somewhere else and they didn't have the pressure of the month and stuff like that, Mm. then he'd have more time to see that they do have the skill to be repaired and that she can be more rational and calm. But this is all condensed, right? So to take a bet, like wage a marriage on a month of two or three examples of repair, that's a big risk for Damien. Uh, huge. And he seems averse. And plus his parents don't seem to be on board. No. Like they bailed on meeting her. Yeah. So that's big. What about uh, Jessica and is it Mark? We have a hard time with that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we, have we, with, we have a hard time with Jessica's that character. We have a hard time. So, I kind of want to like shake him. I'm like, come on, Mark. So yes, but what I've been trying to do, and it's been a really good mental exercise is, Jessica is a, I think, a very hurt person. Yeah, and she opened she up and, and she, she opens was vulnerable, up, yeah, she which was. really brave, made it easier brave. for me to kind of empathize with her and go, you know what? And that she was says really a quote cool. that I really like. She says, "He makes me a better person, and there's no better reason to get married to someone that makes you a better person." Mm-hmm. Right. So right there, she kind of again won me a little bit. I thought yeah, that was she, she's very polarizing though because she says that, and then she says, you know, <sighs> but uh, Barnard is so hot guy. and sexy. I know, I know. So like I she know. says some horrible things. She says some really great oh, things. I, know. I think she really my my read on her again, not having met her or spoken to her, obviously, is <laughs> <We> <laughs> just watched her. Just watch the show and, and like what was edited. So again, yeah, you know, editing is powerful. Is that she really wants? this or wants to want it and she's wrestling against her own long-standing internal stuff and she's got you know this set way of doing things like she actually said he's so emotionally available i think that's a red flag yeah and i'm going that's a red flag or she said he's such a player when she was dating right when she was dating in the pod barnett Barnett. she's like he's such a player i like that i like that what I thought you wanted emotional connection with a secure, solid I mean. man. She, I'm like, she has like her heart seems to be wired to a lack of availability, hmm. and I mean, you hear what she said about being abandoned yeah. by a parent, and that's that's a pretty powerful thing. It is a very so powerful thing. I don't think that they are going to get married. Make it? No, I don't think no. they get married. What about? I don't think they're going to make it either. What about? I Kelly? told you, I kind of lost my hope for these couples. Kelly and Kenny. <laughs> I don't think they're going to make it now. Okay. I was. So committed to that You're relationship, team, team I was a sure. team. But just the last episode where she doesn't, they have a conversation in bed because they haven't had sex, mm-hmm. and he says, "You know, we decided to make this marriage work, and we're going to get married, but we haven't had sex." And she said, "Well, I don't want to bring that into the mix because I've had bad experience in the past where I haven't been satisfied sexually." But she imposes it on him, like it's not a conversation. Kelly's deciding. We're not doing this. We're not doing this, and we're not doing this because I don't trust you're going to pleasure me the way I want to be pleasured. So that stance, to me, in my opinion... It doesn't even give him a shot. Doesn't give him a shot. Doesn't trust him with herself. Yeah. Right? So I'm not going to trust you to be able to try to give that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a little self-centered. Because she doesn't ask him, hey, how are you feeling about this? Are you, like, hurt by my rejection? Are you 
are you taking this personally? It's not personal. I'm scared about, you know, she doesn't yeah. include him in the conversation. So I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm not I, for him I don't disagree with anything you said, but I do think they are going to go through with the marriage. You think they're going to go on I stand? do just because I think that she is at a point from, from what she says and the way she behaves that she wants something different. And I think when you move to something different, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to feel right because have you ever seen the 40 year old virgin? movie yeah yeah oh you have okay remember there's one he's like well it feels wrong and then jay who's kind of like Mm -hmm, acting mm -hmm, as his mm -hmm. wingman he's like well what feels right ain't working for you you gotta try something wrong dog (laughs) yeah so when when you're doing something new like i golf and very what obviously what feels right to me is not the correct way to golf (laughs) because i'm a shit golfer (laughs) let me tell you so very often the correct thing the most beneficial thing will feel yeah. uncomfortable it will yeah. feel wrong people who are scared to open up feel like if I open up I'm going to get gonna hurt be dangerous. or I'm going to start a, a fight yeah. or whatever it is and the exact opposite happens exact opposite it's so a beautiful moment that's Kelly and Kenny that's Jessica okay what about what about my favorite couple Lauren and Cam I love Lauren and Cam I love them yeah. too I love Lauren them too I'm so really sweet. rooting for them yeah she was very brave about talking yeah. about how race plays into this and how it's hard for her to be in a relationship with the first white guy. And Big step. Big yeah. step. Yeah. I think they're going to make it. I think they're going to make it too. Yeah. I think that They're the ones I think are going to make it. I think of anybody, yeah, I would have them at number one right now based yeah. off of the most recent and he's episodes. And they're both very capable of talking and being honest with each other. They're very like, balanced. Yeah. So when, when we're talking about analysis here, one of the things that I'm personally looking for is how quickly does somebody emotionally escalate? Yep. Can they bring themselves down? Me too. Can Emotional they have a difficult regulation. conversation and remain relatively emotionally stable yeah. without escalating, heating up or disconnecting? So when people are they can curious do about that, each other? Do right, you, are they, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? Like, they are the question. curious he's, and investigative. He is terrified because she's not sure he wants. She wants to marry him, and he'll he'll stand there, hold her, and talk to her and ask her questions. Rather than and being like, "Oh, lie. you don't want to marry me? What's yeah. wrong with you? What you don't? Yeah. I'm not good enough." Getting defensive. No. When no. when he's we like, we say mean? holding emotional space, that's what we mean. You're giving the person the opportunity to talk about things that are very difficult to hear. So you may feel that not in your stomach. To say because she said it's so scary to tell him these things, but I have to be honest. Yeah, so and that's there's so much respect for, for that because that's so yeah. hard to do. Like when people you see them when they're on our couch here, and you can see that it's hard for people to yeah, say, and they do it. Um, you know that's really cool. That's really solid. Brave, yeah. And that is where connection lives, though. You take that leap, and the other person meets you there. That's when you get closer. Yeah. So they're willing to do all of these things, so I would I, say, I, for I, sure. I mean, too. I think they're going to make it, too. And not just make it to marriage. I think they'll be a successful couple. And, I think so, too. last together. I well, I'd, so I'd say they're Hopefully. The, the only couple <laughs> at this point that I would say on a long-term basis that I would I would be very confident we, in. I think we're missing a couple. Barnett and, and... Oh, and Amber. Amber. Mm, no, I don't think so. I don't think she's, so, either. She's too, I think, too much for Barnett. Barnett is... He seems like a very uh, good-natured man. But he also seems very I think he, uh, he needs hesitant to open up. And I think he, he, he hasn't figured himself out completely, which is fine. He's 28, I think. Yeah. So I think he hasn't figured out what he wants. You know, they had this conversation in the kitchen where like, will you defend me with your family? And he's like, I don't know. So when he said, I don't know, I'm like, okay, I think his answer would be no. But he, he, he can't say, say that. So that means he's not sure that his answer is the right one, even for himself. Which... Makes sense because he's known her for like 20 days. Obviously. Yeah. (laughs) But this is something that I don't think that Amber was really taking into consideration. Like, I get it that you want your spouse to do that. But I think when your spouse is becoming your spouse under these circumstances. You've got to give them some leeway. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, you can't say, I'm going to put you above people who've loved me and have my back my whole life. 
when I've known you for an for intense 20 days, but still 20 days. 20 days. We haven't had a death together. We haven't lost a job together. We haven't had an haven't illness been sick. together. They haven't been sick. They haven't Not had even a the kid common together. Clue. They, <laughs> haven't, like, they haven't done anything. They haven't had money no. trouble together. No. Like you go through those things and when you learn that person is going to be safe for you, then you can really attach yourselves to them and strongly. And risk other yes. secure attachments, right? Right now he won't risk secure attachments. So there's there's our predictions. They're now on the record. They're official. Uh, so really, what are we saying? You're saying Janine and Damon are going to get married. Yeah. You're saying Kenny and Kelly are going to get married. Yes. And you're saying Lauren and Cam are going to get married. Please, yes. let's write this down. <laughs> I think only... Only Lauren and Cam. Lauren and Cam are going to get married. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's all out there. So I think we have coffee riding on this at the very least. <laughs> I would say that would be appropriate. This is pretty big stakes here. So we'll Final see what happens. Comes out on Thursday. It does. It's coming up. So we're, we're going live with this episode the same day. Okay. So there'll be no nonsense. Non spoilers. Editing, unless I just release this later on in the day. So you know, you'll have to watch the timestamp <laughs> and make sure I don't cheat on her. <laughs> no, but that's that's it. I do want to come back though in a in a future episode. Maybe we'll do a whole episode or something on just analyzing breaking down arguments. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Because I want to I want to break down another argument with you and and talk about it so people can see like what would we do differently what communication skills specifically can we incorporate into our daily conversations so as always show notes at ryananswers.com slash podcast Carrie and I are here every Thursday so subscribe tune in give us a rating on Apple iTunes whatever you're listening to Spotify and we will see you guys next week thanks for listening